welcome to On the Island. You're in the majors now for Survivor Season 40, episode number 7 of Winners at War. I am the host of this podcast, Taylor Gaines, here to talk about the latest and greatest in what I believe is the last pre-merge episode from what we got to see this week. And with me, as always, to break down the action in the latest tribe member sent to the edge of extinction he's happy to go into retirement knowing he did the best he could and he gave it everything he had it's tyler b commons that's right i'm here if you want to put me on a leash i just might bite you i thought that was the funny quote um interesting survivor news i'm just gonna break into it before we get started breaking news do you remember big windy Big Wendy, who I who think this is forget. a good segue, somebody else who also pulled the flag, but we'll get to that soon, set against Well, Big world... Wendy, most known for going on a full about face about her vegetarianism or Ve- veganism, <laughs> whatever it was. She was like, I eat meat all the time. And then when she got on the island, she was like, protect the chickens. <laughs> yeah, well, that's true. She had the chicken incident. She went to Edge of Extinction in one of our least fondly remembered seasons, mm. and she pulled the flag. Yes, but took a lot week, of criticism. <laughs> this week, she became famous. She set a new Guinness World Record. You know what that Guinness World Record was for, Taylor? I do because you warned me <laughs> what you were going to say. But for the sake of this podcast, I'll let you tell the people. Most Rubik's Cubes done while hula hooping. Not obscure at all. That's like a major category. I hear it's just a big fight up there at the top. (laughs) What was the number? Honestly, I don't even know. I couldn't tell you. I just saw that it was going around some survivor forms and survivor threads. And you Mm. know what? Well, I just found it. It's a hundred record and I don't. A hundred. She did a hundred. (laughs) <laughs> oh that's <laughs> look who's impressed now <laughs> i am impressed i can't do one and she did a hundred well hula hooping like that's exhausting i will say i do know I, my memory's not good enough to continue to do a rubik's cube but i can tell you that the way you do them is just a pattern that you do over and over again like it's uh like an algorithm you know mm-hmm. so once you do one you can do all of them it's not really a it's like if you become a robot. So Yule's probably really good at them. Ty, why'd you have to make it sad so quickly? <laughs> no, we're still happy. I was just I was talking about my buddy Yule, who I've never met, but I would like to be his buddy. Yeah, this is actually a testament to how awesome he's been this season, I think. We can get into it a little bit. He was voted off last night by his blue tribe of Wendell, Nick, and Michelle. And he, in such a short amount of time, ingratiated himself so deeply with me that I actually felt myself rooting for him against former podcast guest, Wendell Holland. And I was like, no, please don't let it be Yule. Yeah, Wendell has become quite the villain this season. And it's it's interesting because, like you said, we've talked to the guy and he seems awesome. I was reading interviews today that were like, Wendell's awesome. I don't understand this edit. So that's an aside. But yes, Yule, I just don't understand why you get 
rid of some maybe he is too big of a threat i don't know but it hurts to see someone as good as yule who's also out there playing um for his buddy and his wife and you just hate to see people out there leave when they're kind of playing for a cause rather than playing for themselves yeah i mean it sucks because he's great and super smart and he seemed like he always had a handle on everything that was happening until he didn't (laughs) and there are two pieces of this we should talk about. One being, he's essentially the last old schooler who was left, and now he's gone. So the successful like evisceration of old school players is now complete, with a few people from the middle seasons still scattered here and there. And you have to wonder whether the new school people had like a plan to do that like as if they met at the beginning and said we're gonna get rid of all the old school people yeah and i don't want to say that that is like a preordained thought or a preordained notion but it feels that way and i really don't like it because for me it feels like the new school people are following into and maybe because the survivor has just built up the old school players as being these larger than life figures but it's almost like what we've seen the past few seasons where if you're good you're gone and what's left at the end now all these people are good and they've won but this season for me is playing out the way that has kind of made me sad in recent seasons where if you have strategy or if you have one strong alliance you're seen as too big of a threat and you go instead of being wishy-washy instead of not being able to flip-flop so it's just it's it bothersome to me i actually want to talk about that in relation to this wendell michelle thing that's been happening because i feel like that perception you're talking about is something they're just like manipulating like the perception of like the old school players being larger than life and being huge threats because the fact that it happened basically entirely before the merge is crazy. They just did it. (laughs) And it feels like they were just trying to, I mean, we've said how the merge is sort of like the playoffs when the playoffs start of this show. And it feels like they were just setting the table for themselves to compete without all those people around. Now, obviously the edge of extinction adds in a little bit of a twist where anybody could, potentially come back which it doesn't look like is going to happen next week i suppose uh, hold on before you jump jeff did an interview where he said uh playing challenge is coming next week oh it is yes oh i'm surprised they didn't show that in the preview (laughs) yeah they didn't but on his uh entertainment weekly interview he said next week is a playing challenge interesting that's good news to know thank you for uh supporting my non-research as you know i've have quit reading jeff Probst interviews because they are <laughs> useless and i'm glad to know it served us well yeah finally jeff with something of substance to say <laughs> and it's funny because they're usually so heavy-handed on their previews for next week that you always know like the main twist that's coming the next week because they just tell you anyway regardless the, the reason i wanted to talk about this with this group specifically is because my dad floated a theory to me that I am intrigued by that boils down to the idea that Michelle and Wendell are faking their antagonism towards each other in order to throw people off their scent. And 
I think there's a lot of evidence to support a theory like that. He gave her, or who was it? One of them gave the other a fire token that they flashed back to in this week's episode. They have attempted to vote with each other two weeks in a row. In fact, they wound up. Bleh. In fact, they wound up doing so, especially this week, voting out Yule. And the way she turned to him and was kind of like, ah, I got you. It was kind of like leading to alarm bells going off in my head. Like, maybe these two are just working together. It, it really kind of feels that way. Except for, I will say, at the end of Tribal, she looked at him and said, you're welcome. And he seemed a little bit annoyed. So... It's almost like she kept him because he's a new school player rather than because she sees value in keeping him. I, I don't know. Obviously, I don't know what's going on in people's heads, and I totally don't understand the real dynamics of what's happening. But it, it it's interesting to see that playing such a big role, at least in the narrative of this season. So... Obviously, with the merge about to happen, like what stands out to you with that group of three? And are you particularly impressed by Nick, Wendell, or Michelle? And what, what are you looking forward to with those three? I think that Nick has kind of been somewhat of a non-factor after they kind of swapped. Like he's, he's getting airtime, but he's not a decision maker. He just seems like he's along for the ride. So I want to see him come back and play well because I think that he is a good player. Michelle has also stepped up a lot and she said it last night that she's kind of felt guilty for four years because lots of people including um, one host of this podcast were outraged when she won. And yeah, which one? I can't remember. It might be you or, or me. Probably you though. I have got um, a bad memory. <laughs> and I feel like she has been playing well and she's like really out there to prove that she's playing well but in a subtle way because this game just everything has to be so subtle nowadays you can't tip your hat or show your cards or make a strong push for anything weirdly and like that's good strategy and i think that she's played really well so when they do merge i i I don't know where Wendell's going to land. I don't know. They're making him out to be a villain and somebody who's saying, I don't care what it takes. I'm going to get to the end. Screw all you guys. The way that he's been presented is kind of like, I was surprised they kept him over Yule. I I was shocked. With With the way it's being presented, it seems like there's no reason to keep him around. He's not going to be in their alliance. He's just going to stab him in the back. Yeah, exactly. Yule wanted and, to work with them. Like, it doesn't right. make any sense. And Yule seems to be struggling somewhat with the pace of the game and the lying that has to happen. I, I knew he was in trouble because they did the tribal council thing where, like, all of a sudden he's the only one talking. And he's talking, like, way too much. I wrote down... I don't like how much Yule is talking. (laughs) (laughs) And next thing you know, yeah, he was gone. But I I am most intrigued by Nick, I think. Well, I'm most interested in what's going to happen with Michelle because she's been really impressive this whole time. Mm -hmm. But Nick feels like more of a wild card where he's kind of in the middle. He's kind of been floating around. And he was very passionate this week in a way that was 
intriguing to watch. He was just kind of angry. He spit on the flag. Yeah, he he got really upset with Wendell's trash talking, and and I think that that's just another reason why. We're, was he trash talking? Well, not that we got to see. You know, like that's another thing. Even clearly, we don't get to see everything, but I don't know why. If that's a big selling point that Nick's going to make, they don't show at least a little bit of that. I think that's what kind of the weird dynamic there was. Because what we saw was Wendell saying, like, Jeff, get ready, we're almost done. Which I read to mean he didn't want a repeat of what happened in his season, where he finished, but he didn't call Jeff in time. Do you remember that? I Oh, yes, I do, I do. He was, so he I assumed he was just... Really quiet, yeah. Right, so I figured he was just trying to prevent something like that from happening again. And I didn't read it as trash talk, but maybe more happened than we saw. Yeah, it's it's hard to say exactly what they're not showing us. Um, apparently, there was an actual reward challenge that was played over this the space of this episode that we didn't get to see. I oh, is heard, that so? I heard the reward was uh, pizza, and mm. like clearly, so clearly, we're not shown everything that happens while they're out there. But it's just, I thought that that was one of the editing, one of the editing holes is Nick was very animated and adamant but in not like a strategic gameplay way. And we didn't get to see the moment that made him so upset with Wendell in the first place. I could really go for some pizza. This quarantine's really getting to me. I just would like a nice slice, you know? New York or Chicago? Oh, New York. Are you crazy? I just... Don't offend people. <laughs> well, maybe I did. You can't offend anybody. <laughs> Meanwhile, on the other two tribes, I, I don't know that we have a whole lot to talk about. I think we visited the Red Beach once and the Green Beach once throughout this whole episode. Yeah, there, there wasn't a whole lot going on. I think because they did spend so much time with the Edge in the beginning. But we, we did get to see a little bit. I mean, we got to hear Tony feels comfortable. At least he thinks he's comfortable with Kim and Jeremy. But Jeremy doesn't trust Tony in any way, which I thought was really funny. And I, I just want to see, I think next week, a lot of questions are going to be answered about have players like Kim and Sophie and maybe some of these less known players in our mind actually been able to maneuver their way into a strong position within the people that are left. Yeah, and I think to your earlier point, it feels like reputation is everything in this season and on that red tribe in particular like tony hasn't i mean he did hide in a bush last week and i don't i guess no one really knew that he did that but for the most part he hasn't played that crazy tony style that everyone knows and he still is viewed the same way because people have seen him before and I think that's obviously why the newer school players are skating by and working together more easily because they don't have those same kind of outsized reputations. On a quick tangential note, I actually almost feel like we'll get to see the pointlessness of Edge of Extinction this season because if an old school player comes back, they're just going to get voted out right away. (laughs) This is a good chance. But... uh, that being said, the Red Tribe, 
with Kim, Jeremy, Denise, and Tony was the only tribe this week sort of planning forward a little bit. Kim and Denise especially had a conversation trying to prepare for the merge life and see how they could stick together. Do you foresee that mattering or do you feel like once the merge comes, it's just everything hits the fan and who knows? Well, I think it's funny that like we've said and like the show is saying, the game has evolved so much. The merge is coming and Kim and Denise are like two players on the cusp of being old school, if not fully old school players. And they're talking about an alliance moving forward to the future. And I, I just wonder why that has become such a negative kind of stigma is trying to stick to a plan once the merge happens or once you get in an alliance. And I, I think that in their minds that it is a good idea and a good plan to sort of figure those things out. But ultimately I don't see it helping if those two group with each other because they don't, they're not the new school, you know, Nick, Adam, Jeremy, Sarah, Ben, all, all these people that you can name, they just don't fit in that kind of mind space for me. And it's nice to see people talking and trying to figure out strategy, but in some way, with the way the season's going, it feels like it's pointless. It feels like there's no reason to try and predict what's going to happen because when you think you know, such as Yule being safe, it, it backfires. So I think trying to plan ahead is almost pointless. You don't plan game strategy. I think you just have to build relationships out there and then eventually talk about the game rather than talking about the game and building your relationships on top of that. That's good advice for life, right? Uh, Sort of. Try not to plan too far ahead. Just focus on the relationships you have and see where it leads you. That's true. That's true. (laughs) What came came first, the relationship or the planning? Or the planning or the relationship? (laughs) You mentioned some of these names in there, but the only other group we haven't really talked about is that green group of Adam, Ben, Sophie, and Sarah. And I got to say, Adam is just just falling on his face constantly this season. Like, he screwed up the Rob thing, and it wound up backfiring in every possible way. And now he is, like, convinced that two people must have the idol, even though there are only three other people and he somehow can't figure out that the third person might have it. <laughs> it's like just baffling to watch. Yeah, he is now the self-proclaimed idiot, which is pretty funny. And I'm sure he was kicking himself watching the episode last night to see it was edited that way. I don't know <laughs> why Adam is playing so hard. Like, I don't, I don't think he's in danger. If you want to talk about pre-existing relationships, I think he still interacts with a lot of these people and he's safe for a few more votes. So I, he's just bringing up his own name, acting paranoid, scowling at people. Like I've never seen such a little kid angry scowl from a Survivor player as much as you've seen it from Adam the last two weeks. Like he's just, he's off his rocker. He's kind of like, he's kind of like a crazy person out there. If, uh, yeah, it's of almost like a crazy person. Hard to explain to people who didn't watch his season why he's likable. Yeah, you know, 
Like, he was so likable in his season and was so easy to root for. And now he's just he is coming off just kind of petulant. It's, like, kind of weird. Uh, what if he just totally blew all his million dollars so he's just, like, super stressed out and really needs money? <laughs> Oof, I hope not. He only won a few seasons ago. It I hasn't know, been long. Be tough. Total fan theory, no idea if that's the case. But I would throw some stress in the situation. I guess if you find this question interesting, out of these three tribes, which one do you think will stay the strongest going into the merge as far as alliance? I really feel which tribe. I don't know because DeCall is kind of split between Jeremy and Tony. Tony's all in and wants to work with that. See, that's the only one that feels like it might work. I I feel like Adam's too far on the outside on the other one. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Wendell's too much of a wild card on the third one. Mm-hmm. But you also have the weird strength of, like, Ben and Sarah, who seem to be holding that tribe together and seem like they have an alliance. And I think Ben uh, is really becoming quite the player because he was, like, toying with Adam almost. Like, I didn't like that either. But it shows that he's grown beyond, like, I just have to win every challenge and that's how I'm going to win this season. I think it was a good show for him. So if you making me pick one of the tribes, I think DeCall is the least rocky right now. That's great. But I think, I think they all... DeCall is red. Oh, DeCall's red. Yeah, I think DeCall has the least rocky way forward, but I think they definitely all have stumbling stones. Yeah, and, you know group of winners they very well might just get to the merge and just blow everything up (laughs) yeah i am uh definitely looking forward to i I mean i can't believe we're already there like this season has been so entertaining and so good and we're not even to the merge yet i guess i just said two opposite things (laughs) i can't believe we're already there and i can't believe it has been so long you know i'm not making any sense but i it, it doesn't feel like it's been seven weeks. We've been watching this season for almost two months now, which is wow. the crazy thing. Yeah, that is crazy. So I think it it's because time, time passes. But short time is like time passes weird. differently when you're in quarantine. You just have no idea what day it is, what time it is. What day is night and what night is day? And plus, Survivor, like we only see three days every seven days. Like it's it's a time warp. <laughs> Well, speaking of time warp, living on Edge of Extinction seems terrible, and there are a lot of people living there now. <laughs> Pretty much everyone who's been voted out so far has gone there. Obviously, the queen, Sandra, decided in this episode that she was done and raised the white flag pretty quickly. Her justification obviously being, I'm not going to win a challenge, and this is miserable. So why <laughs> would you make of that? I think the the big debate swirling is is the queen still the queen if she pulls the flag? Is she still the queen? And I think that she still is. I think she made a good point. I like how she said, "I've gotten everything I can from this game and I've done everything I wanted to do." I know I can't do challenges. I know I'm not going to win. So there's no point in me continuing to try on this season. And she she already said this is her last season. She's retired. I think she's 
used her survivor fame, her survivor stature. I think she's accomplished everything she wanted to accomplish. Did she want to win this season? Yes. But when that door was shut, being someone who knows that she's not going to win a challenge to get back in, I don't particularly have a huge problem with it. Um, she was one of these survivors at the very beginning of the season that said she wanted nothing to do with Edge of Extinction. So when she went there, you it, you could have even seen this happening. You could have yeah. seen her leaving. So I'm sad that she left as far as me being somebody who wants to play this game so bad. But for Sandra, as someone who's played five seasons or something now... I have no problem with her just hanging it up at the end of this season. Yeah, it's just kind of leaving. It's weird because I feel like you and I are people who would be pretty critical of like quote unquote quitting on Survivor. But I think the calculus changes a little bit on a winter season because I'm not really watching and saying, oh, I can't believe they're blowing their chance to be on Survivor. Like, you know, it's like you said, these are all people who have won. And traditional survivor is like you're voted out and you're out. And, you know, I don't blame her. I I think I would have liked to see her fight harder just because I enjoy watching her when she's at her most Sandra. Mm-hmm. But um, there's plenty to make up for it, you know? But even like you look at Ethan, Ethan was talking about quitting because he's worried about his health, you know? But he has a. Yeah, and obviously you wouldn't blame him. He's been. Right. Well, you see him having a conversation with Parvati, and he's been waiting to get back for like 17 years or so. And it's good to see somebody, you got to see both sides of the coin of somebody that has done it enough and continued to come out season after season. And she's like, okay, that's it. I retired. This is it. All star winners at wars. We're done. And then you have somebody like Ethan who is putting his entire health on the line because he wanted to come back and play Survivor and enjoy it and just have that same rewarding experience. I was really curious whether doctors would approve of Parvati's medical expertise. (laughs) I don't think he he was like, I don't feel so good. And she's like, well, you know, they say fasting is good for you. (laughs) (laughs) I haven't been this long without radiation. I don't think about that. (laughs) Don't worry about that. None of it's sound advice. (laughs) um i enjoyed the like race to finding was it fire tokens they were searching for it was right yes there's four hidden fire tokens i enjoyed the race to finding the four hidden fire tokens and i think even though you could see it coming what they were doing with the editing i still enjoyed it you know watching tyson find one immediately and then no one's able to find the other three and then they kind of do the backwards in time footage of rob finding all of them it was fun what did you think of tyson talking about rob as being like a portly fellow (laughs) a portly fellow i tyson is strange he talks in a way that's funny but also in a way that if you like think about it you're like is he just being a jerk (laughs) it's like very odd i think he and i have the same sense of humor where maybe we're not the best at presenting the way we say it or speaking sarcastically. Like, it just comes out rude rather than being funny. <laughs> who do you like? If, if next week is who's coming back, who stands out to you 
from that edge group as someone who might make their way back in. I really hope Natalie... Obviously, I want Ethan. Uh, Ethan's the one that I've wanted to see for so many years. But I think Natalie, just because her physical strength and her ability to play the game, and I think she's an intelligent player, and I don't think it's necessarily fair that she was voted out first, uh, although the circumstances of episode one are kind of forgotten on me at this point. I think she has maybe the best shot of winning a challenge to get back into the game out of the group of old schoolers that are out there. Yeah, I'm forgetting a little bit the specifics, but I remember not blaming her, you know, where it was kind of like the first few weeks of this season were all, I don't fault that person for getting voted out kind of Mm -hmm. vibes. And I don't think I'd be mad at pretty much any of these people coming back in, even though both of us sort of dislike Edge of Extinction on principle. I feel like a season like this, everything's so crazy. It's so good. Just let it happen. I'll let it happen. So you're saying Natalie's your pick? Yeah, I think if if I have to pick somebody there to win a challenge and come back, it's got to be Natalie. Yeah, I think the only other person I would potentially pick is Tyson just because of how much they've shown of him. Mm -hmm. And his whole peanut butter escapade felt like it might matter. I guess they've shown a lot of Ethan, but I just don't see it happening. No, he strugg- He gets tired too fast. He struggles in physical challenges. If it's maybe one of those, like, do a maze or the one they used a few seasons ago where you have to keep throwing a different ball in every time and you got to merge it, something like that, I could see him participating. But if it's any sort of physical challenge, I think it's tough. And I think that that's the reason why Natalie might be the one that, that comes back. And, you know, I guess Dark Horse shout out for yule since he's the one most recently out of the game he might have the most energy i don't know yeah i would love to see yule come back i think if i had to just pick a favorite it's ethan and then yule is probably second of the people i want to get back into the game let me ask you one other prediction what do you think is going to happen with the fire tokens i can't figure it out because all we've gotten to see so far is food and comfort as far as options to buy so i i don't know if the edge people will have an opportunity to buy their way back into the game i don't know if they'll be able to buy disadvantages for other players in the game i think that could be really interesting Uh, but i'm still totally lost i think i'll be slightly disappointed if the season ends and it turns out it was just a false economy that got people's hopes up that would be a little disappointing but i honestly have no clue because the obvious thing for this season is buying your way back into the game and i just don't know how or when or if that could happen yeah and i can't think of what you would use it for other than buying idols like challenge advantages i i can't imagine them upping the game much more than that you know Mm -hmm. where they're like hey, buy your way to the final three. Like, that would just be kind of lame. So, I don't know. I'm interested to see what happens, but I feel like because of the way people have talked about it, they will become more important. I, I'm getting, You're getting that vibe, you know? Yeah, you, you're definitely feeling they're ramping up the importance the last few weeks, you know? That's why Sandra went home last week is because she thought she wanted fire tokens. Yule was trying to play both sides and get rid of Wendell and get his fire tokens. And I I just feel like they have to 
culminate somehow sooner rather than later. I don't want a final five buy back in. Yeah, that would be crazy if a bunch of people just got to buy back in. <laughs> oh, God. All right. So how about we get to our power rankings? Let's do it. Ty, who's your number three player for this week? Number three this week, because anything can happen. I'm giving it to Rob because Rob found three fire mm. tokens. Fire tokens are getting a lot of uh, momentum right now. And uh, I just think getting three in one episode is a good trend for him. So for that reason, Rob once again proved he's going to do anything to win this game. And I got him at number three. (laughs) All right. My number three is Kim. I felt optimistic about her being the one to lead the conversation on what to do post-merge. I thought that was a good insight into her potentially stepping up and doing something. She has been pretty quiet for a while. Early on, she kind of felt like she was on the outs, but now she's just been on the down low in the middle, not really in danger. And I I think she could do some things going forward just because she's a winner we haven't heard from a lot yet. So I'm interested to see what happens with her. Yeah, and... I can see her is as long as she works out in that alliance with Jeremy being able to go forward. And speaking of that, my number two player for this week is Jeremy because I think that he is very intelligent and just knows how to play the game. And I think he looked like he was in trouble a few weeks ago, but he hasn't felt like he's in trouble lately and i think that's a good sign for him and also i just like jeremy as a player so for that reason jeremy is my number two all right my number two is michelle i think in this first half of the season she's repeatedly stepped up and made moves and proven that she belongs out here i feel that there's more to come from her than even we've seen already and she's really dangerous yeah, she's definitely a person who's been playing well and, as we saw, kept Wendell around for some reason and is obviously making moves. For me, number one, it's tough because I don't know that anything specific stood out rather than I'm playing off of my interpretation of the edit. I'm putting Sarah at number one because hmm, I feel Interesting. Like, I have someone else on that tribe that I put at number one. I feel like she hasn't taken over the show in kind of the way that she did after addressing the Zeke incident in her season. But I think we're getting to see enough of her in solid situations, not questioning what's going on and not feeling like she's in danger. And for that reason, I have her at number one. And this is all leading up to a week where everyone's getting back together and I have no clue what's going to happen. So I feel best giving your number one this week even though it's not like we really got to see a whole lot from her thus far other than undercover cop which was completely pointless bit this season yeah she's and she's very confident like you can just tell Mm -hmm. that she like knows what's going on and she, she just seems like she's got like a real control of her strategy and her game in a way that makes her feel like she hasn't even been in danger yet you know yeah, the the confidence is what's coming through the edit, even though it's not a huge Sarah-centric edit. So would, that's why I got her at one. 
Would you say she's also your favorite to win at this point? I think she is one of the favorites because she's not ruffling feathers and she's staying under the radar. Um, I don't I don't know. Uh, I hadn't thought about who was my favorite to win the entire game, but I would say that she's definitely one of the top top four or five. If there's ten people left, I'd say she's in the upper half. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I think my number one is Sophie, and I think she also feels like who would be my pick to win right now. She has been winning challenges, winning votes, holding an idol, keeping a strong position on her tribe, but also not been viewed as a threat, really. Mm -hmm. And I don't remember watching her season. She's secretly kind of an older player. She played in, like, season 23. But... I've been impressed by her, and I feel like we get to see sort of a different element of her game every episode, and I'm pretty intrigued by what could happen with her going forward, just because we've seen a lot of good stuff from her. Yeah, I she was the she was number three B for me this week. I, I put mm. Rob just because we got to see a lot more of her, and we didn't see a whole lot from Sophie, but Sophie's quietly playing a really strong game, and I, I just agree with everything you said about what she's been doing. Also, I'd, I'd like to shout out, uh, I would like to shout out once more that I love the music this season. Oh my gosh, the ominous music. I wrote it down, I can't even remember, but it was, it was incredible at one part. Um, the when they were walking to Tribal, yeah. Tribal, when they went back and I was like, oh my gosh, someone's going to kill somebody, like literally. <laughs> Just like, tells you how much it can do when they step up like a small part of the production like that you're just like oh wow love it and i've loved this season i'm looking forward to everything that's coming it's it's really exciting and i i'm just pretty i'm more fired up for survivor than i've been in in a while uh probably since david v goliath right yeah i'm definitely looking forward to seeing the rest of the season and what old schooler comes back and then immediately gets voted out next week (laughs) (laughs) so yeah, that's all we got for now, Survivor 40 Winners at War. Um, we do have a new review on our podcast page, Ty. What? I can't yeah, wait to while. hear this. <laughs> it's been yeah, a while. People, write reviews, tell your friends, share this podcast. Yeah, it does big things. Let big them know things. what's happening. Yeah. So what all YouTubers this... say, subscribe and hit the bell. <laughs> like and subscribe, right? Like and subscribe and hit that notification bell. Yeah, so this review comes from someone called The Ghost of Ghost Island. Oh, gosh. <laughs> this is the ghost who brought us all our misery. Great. <laughs> can tell I'm going to uh, love it. The name of the review is Love It. Oh, okay. And it says, I love this podcast more than Tyler loves Ethan. Oh. <laughs> I'm going to fight that ghost. Ooh. All right, next week on the island, Ty fights a ghost. Ooh, spooky. <laughs> Luigi's Mansion 4, Tyler B. Commons. <laughs> I'll be Colin, Luigi. Tyler B. Commons. <laughs> <sighs> I, sorry, I just bought Luigi's Mansion 3. I haven't played it yet. Is it good? Um, yes. Hmm. Wasn't, wasn't an inspiring endorsement. I, it's not a gaming podcast. I don't know. Have I told? <laughs> do our podcast viewers know how much I play and enjoy video games? 
I don't think they do. Like that's probably something not. I've never brought up. <laughs> yes, good game. Recommend. Interesting. Ooh, wow. So vague, so mysterious. If you want to know more about the vague and mysterious Tyler B. Commons, you can't because he's not on social media. I'm on Instagram. But <laughs> what's your Instagram? Is that public? It's Tyler B. Commons. You've said it every week. I thought I was always talking about your Twitter, to be honest. Ah, uh, both. Come on, you gotta you gotta make your social medias the same. Well, I just know your Twitter you don't really use anymore. So that toxic. You can't find them there. I guess you can find them on Instagram. He posts a lot of hot pics. Yep. And me, you can find at Gaines Taylor. Uh, and we'll be around on this podcast, too, next week. So go rate and review and tell your friends. Enjoy Survivor. We'll be back next time on the island. Me and Tyler B. Commons are signing off. Blessed at first to be on the same podcast together, but now cursed by the same blessing. Bye. <laughs> so obviously things are about to get mixed up with the merge but how do you feel about wait sorry i'm distracted my museum's opening (laughs) i didn't know it would do that it would just open without me i'm not even here um, I built a museum. It's it's a whole thing. I don't know if you've played Animal Crossing before. <laughs> um, if he says anything important, just let me know. Okay. Good old Blathers. Blathers the owl. Um, so, obviously with the merge about to happen, like what stands out to you?